Welcome to another episode of the Credit Repair Hangout. I am your host, Eric Hicks, and I am so glad that you are joining me today. And as always, if you are here because you're fixing your credit to buy a new house this year, if you're fixing your credit to buy a new car this year, if you're just fixing your credit to overall level up in life, you are in the right place. You are in the right place. I promise you did not find this podcast by accident. You were supposed to be here. You were destined to be here. And today you're going to get the things you need to be able to succeed. On this episode, we are talking all about goal setting because in life, it's easy to set a bunch of imaginary goals. But when you want to set real goals, you got to put a timeline behind it. So that's what we're talking about today. So come on in, kick back, relax and enjoy. All right. All right. Welcome in. Welcome in. I appreciate y'all so much for joining me again today. We are on episode number 14. So if this is your first time kicking it, I, hey, I appreciate it. I'm Eric. I run a credit repair company and I jump on this podcast every week to try to pour as much knowledge as I can into you know anyone that chooses to listen so we can together level up our credit, get the things we deserve in life and uh, not have to be... Uh, you know, prisoners of uh, bad credit. So, because if you're anything like me, you would agree that life is uh, way too short for bad credit. So, we need to be able to get the things we want when we want them, get the things we need when we need them. So, that brings us into today's episode. And today's episode is all about setting realistic goals because, I mean, let's let's face it, Many times we are setting goals and we're just throwing numbers out there. And I, I like to call those imaginary goals. So, you know, anyone that's listening to, to this podcast, I, I hope that, uh, you know, we can be, after the day, I hope we can be definitely ready to, to be truthful with ourselves, to be, you know, to not BS ourselves. And uh, I, I think our future selves will appreciate that a whole lot. So with that being said, let's talk about what an imaginary goal is what versus what a real realistic goal is. And let's talk about a few tips. Let's talk about three tips to set realistic goals. So, I mean, let's dive right into what an imaginary goal is. And let me use a few examples for this because I think I did a little bit of all of this myself. And have you ever been on social media? You scrolling? Maybe you see this this mansion, right? Like this real beautiful house that you know, man. One day, one day I'm gonna get that, man. Just, man, just give me five years, man. I'm a, or you see somebody in the comments saying the same thing. Oh man, I'm gonna get that. Give me two years. Give me, give me three years. Give me six months. That's gonna be me. And you ever just wonder, like, <laughs> did those people ever accomplish that in those five years, or in those three years, or in those six months? And then you, you even wonder, like, when they say that. Okay, like how are they even calculating that? I mean, a lot of times we we see something and it sounds pretty cool to say it in that moment, but if we really face it, we don't know how long it's going to take us to accomplish anything if we don't have a plan. So having a plan is part of setting a realistic goal. And I will... Give another example of 
and and I never try to to pick on anybody. So if you're out there, if you're you know one of my clients that I'm talking about right now, and it's it's been several, and and it's cool because this has been me too. This has been me multiple times. But part of my process, whenever I actually, because I do have a credit repair company, whenever I sign somebody up for a credit repair, I ask them some things like, hey, you know, what's your goal? If they tell me they want to buy a house, my next question is, okay. And what amount of time? Like, what's your time frame? And oftentimes, there's just a number that just gets spit out. And you can't you can't just spit out a number with me because I got follow-up questions. So they'll say, oh, I'm giving myself a year. I say, okay, cool, cool. All right, let's talk about that. I say, hey, what's your, what's your annual income? And, like, what are your debts right now? And then they'll start talking about it. I'm like, all right, cool. Do you have any money saved up? Sometimes it's like, oh, no, I don't have any money saved right now. Okay, cool. I'm like, so what is your what does your credit look like right now? Oh, I don't really uh I don't check it that often. So then I'm starting to think more and more about, okay, well, if you don't know what your credit is and if you don't have any money saved, like where'd you get this one year from? Like, how do you know this one year isn't gonna be two years? How you know it's not gonna be three years, four years? How you know it couldn't be six months? It's almost like you literally just picked an imaginary number and just threw it out there. And that's not fair to yourself. That's not fair to your future self. And if there's anybody else that's, you know, a part of this goal, if you have kids, if you have, you know, significant others, whatever the case may be, I feel like you owe it to yourself, you know, mostly to be able to be honest with yourself and set realistic goals, but you also, you know, want to to do right and, and be a role model for kids, you know, that, that you have and just set the right examples. And we can't set the right examples if we're, we're lying to ourselves every day. And I used to say the same thing. Like, I used to say stuff like, oh, man, give me five years, I'm going to be rich. And, <laughs> and I'm not rich yet, but uh, <laughs> and I, I want to say I've said that probably every five years. But until now, I've finally gotten intentional on what that looks like if I set a goal. So with that being said, if you've been there before, if you know you've seen some something that scrolled across your timeline, a, a new car, and you said, oh, man, give me a year, give me two years. I think all I want is from this episode is let's come up with some strategies to really make those goals realistic. So I got three tips that we're going to do today that's going to start making all of our goals realistic ones and not imaginary ones. And first tip, got to give yourself an actual timeline that makes sense. How do you figure that out? Okay. You reverse engineer whatever the goal is. So let's talk about that. Let's, let's keep talking about this client that, uh, that I was just talking about. So realistically speaking, this client, and I'm not, you know, a realtor or anything like that. I work with a lot of realtors on a regular basis, a lot of mortgage lenders, things of that nature. So if she's talking about a $200,000 house, let's just use some easy math. Let's say she needs to have at least $15,000 saved up for this house. And the way I'm getting that math is... I'm saying, you know, $200,000, let's say, you know, she's a first-time home buyer. She can go FHA on a loan at the time of this podcast. I don't know when it is you're going to be listening to it, but I think right now FHA is still 3.5% down, so 
times three and a half percent, that's a seven thousand dollar down payment. And I'm adding in some cushion, you know, there's there's additional costs like closing costs, there's things called earnest money, you got appraisal fees, you got inspections, you know, you got furniture in case you wanna, you know, buy that. So, you know, we're just gonna say, all right, let's just let's just use fifteen thousand dollars. So if you're realistically trying to buy a house in a year and you have no money saved, like this client that I'm talking about, you got to be prepared to take that $15,000 per se and divide it by 52 weeks. Because last time I checked, there's 52 weeks in a year. And that realistically looks like you saving $288 a week. If you look yourself in the mirror and say, there ain't no way <laughs> that I can save $288 in, you know, a week, then maybe you need to think about, okay, all right, well, maybe that one year needs to look like two years. Or, you know, maybe I need to make bigger sacrifices, you know, in order to be able to achieve this goal. But you got to do the math to be able to figure out your timeline. I mean, you got to do it. You got to you gotta sit down and plan it out and figure out what that looks like. And then also her credit. Her credit, once we took a look at it, it was a four ninety five. So and she didn't have any credit cards. She didn't have any real credit that was reporting. She just had a, a whole bunch of negative stuff, a whole bunch of collections, a whole bunch of uh late payments and things of that nature. And there's a timeline there as well. From what I saw, it might take her a year, you know, maybe a little bit longer to to be able to fix the amount of you know, things that she had going on. Could she do it in less time? Absolutely. But I feel like you have to plan for something that's realistic. So the idea here is to never just spit out a random date of how long it's going to take you to do something without reverse engineering it, figuring out what it takes, and then basing your date off of that. That way you have something that you can now put into some actionable steps. Because on the credit side of things, she's going to need to add a secured card that's going to have to report. That might take a few months. She's going to have to dispute things on her credit report. She may have to follow up multiple times. That as well is going to take multiple months. And the longer she can continue paying things on time, uh, adding more positive accounts to her credit profile, you know, all that is going to compound and give her the credit score she needs to buy that house. But... When you don't put any thought into that, it's real easy to just spit out a number. Oh, yeah, give me a year. Oh, I'm giving myself two years. Like, nah, you got to be more realistic than that. So so that's the first tip. Definitely give yourself a realistic time frame as far as, you know, what you want to accomplish. And then, you know, back into the steps that it's going to take to be able to achieve that. So, yep. So that, that's step number one. Give yourself that realistic time frame. I'm going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back. I'm going to give you uh, step number two to be able to make sure you're setting realistic goals. All right, let's dive right into tip number two. That's going to help us be able to really set some realistic goals that we can accomplish because, hey, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, 
And I had to learn this for myself. Your goals are not going to accomplish themselves. You got to be the one that puts the actions behind the goals and, you know, makes those uh, those goals come true. So with that being said, the second uh, the second tip is actions. But what kind of actions? And I like to call them small daily actions. So whenever you're trying to accomplish anything big, you know, for that matter, you, you have to to break it up into small, manageable things that you can do on a daily or on a weekly or on a monthly that's going to get you towards that bigger goal. So how we were talking about buying a house, let's say that daily action, you figure out, okay, I need to save that much money. Okay, all right, boom, I need to save that 200 you know, something dollars a week. You figure out what are those small daily actions that are going to help you get there. And that might look like you, okay, so if it's $200 a week or let's let's use that as a as a round number, okay, boom, I need to, well, let's use $210 because that's, that's easier for me to figure out. That means I need to figure out how to, to put $30 a day into my savings, okay? Let's figure out what I would normally spend that on and boom, you're going to magically figure out. I spent thirty dollars on fast food. <laughs> Ain't trying to say that uh, you know, everybody does that, but I know I have my days. Like I roll through Starbucks, boom! I just spent eight dollars on a, a, a Vinci or a Grande white chocolate mocha. I, I cruise through lunch, and you know now I just went and got you know a, a combo from a, a restaurant, and now I'm I'm in another twelve dollars. Like you know, sometimes it's a small. As just scaling those actions back daily, you know, make a make a game out of. All right, let me see how much I can not spend today and put back towards that goal of saving up for my down payment to buy a house. So, yeah, you might not hit every day, but if you're focused on it every day, you're gonna get to where you need to get to a whole lot faster. So you might only be able to set aside twenty dollars a day. You know, whatever the case may be. Figure out what that looks like. And then if you set a target of, you know, $210 a week, maybe you need to figure out how you can make some money on the side. Maybe you maybe you Uber. Maybe you uh, maybe you got a skill that you didn't know you had that maybe you need to to tap into. Uh, you know, some people I know they they cook, they do hair, you know, they you know, sell plates. I mean, they, they, they do a whole lot of different things. Me, I used to make business cards. I used to make flyers. Like, you know, maybe you dog sit, babysit. I mean, I can rattle off side hustles for days, but you just got to figure out, you know, what that looks like for you and then figure out what daily actions that you're willing to do each day to get yourself forward. And it doesn't always have to be, you know, financial daily daily actions because again with the uh the house piece you got a credit side of that that you really got to focus on as well so that daily action could be simply logging into your your credit monitoring app every day and figuring out one thing that you're gonna do that day you know maybe you're gonna dispute one account you're gonna mail a letter off and, and challenge one account Maybe you're gonna log in and figure out what your credit card balance is and make one payment towards it. Maybe you're gonna see exactly what the things are that are hurting, you know, your score and make a list so you can, you know, be able to attack each one individually. Maybe you're 
reaching out to somebody you were uh, late with at one point in time. And now you're asking for a little bit of forgiveness, maybe a little bit of goodwill, seeing if they'll remove a late payment. Maybe you're calling up the credit bureaus and disputing an inquiry that's on there. All these things get you points as well. So you have to bundle in daily actions financially, as far as saving money, making money, bundle in daily habits credit-wise, you know, finding ways to improve your score. And this is all surrounding the house example, but you can do this with any any goal that you have. Really, this one is, a, I mean, obviously, this is the credit repair hangout. So I got to give you a goal that's uh, typically tied to credit, but, uh, but this literally works with anything. You just have to figure out, okay, what's the big goal? What are the small actions that are needed based on the timeline? And then just putting yourself to work and making it happen. So so that's going to be tip number two. Tip number two is finding out those small daily actions and, and doing them. I mean, that's it. All right, and let's get into tip number three. And this, at the age I'm at now, has grown to be my favorite thing and I didn't used to feel this way, but I used to be more of a kind of a loner, you know, but now I really understand the the power of having, you know, other people in your life that can uh that can keep you accountable for the things that you say. And and tip number 3 is uh is finding a way to keep yourself accountable. If you have a different, you know, method, if you have a, a way to manage yourself and you're good at that, definitely by all means do what works for you. If you maybe need to write something down, you know, to be able to keep track of it. Maybe you have a daily journal to where you're writing down things you do each day. But for me, the biggest thing has been involving someone else and allowing them to help keep me accountable. And I'll give you an example of that. So working on my fitness right now, you know, I got a, a CrossFit gym that I go to. And before I had a gym membership on my own, barely used it. I mean, I would go work out maybe one day a week and then maybe I skip a week, go the following week. And now I'm in the gym consistently three times a week at least. And the reason why is because now I have a team of people that are encouraging me, you know, hey man, didn't see you today at the gym. What's up? You know, my trainer's like, hey, long time no see. When you coming back, man, did you give up? It's like, now I have those people around me that are keeping me accountable and I'm looking in the mirror and I'm liking what I see because of it. So sometimes you got to swallow your pride and be able to understand that, hey, maybe I'm not that good. Maybe I'm not that disciplined at keeping myself accountable. So maybe I do need to involve others. And if you are, you know, really good and disciplined at keeping yourself accountable, and maybe you just need some additional, you know, methods, maybe some additional ways to keep, you know, track of things. Maybe you just think about, you know, doing the daily journal, doing, you know, a way to log what it is that you're, uh, you know, that you're doing as far as your daily actions to keep you on track, because that's the main thing. What you don't want to do, you don't want to do all this time of planning this thing out, you're planning your your timeline, you're planning all the daily habits that are going to go into this, and then you get off on the right foot, you've been consistent for a week, consistent for, for two weeks, and then all of a sudden, you get distracted, you get less motivated, you start going to work, people get on your nerves at work, 
you know, you start just going through the motions and now you're not doing your daily actions. Now you're not working on your credit the way you were. Now you're not saving the amount of money and sacrificing maybe. Now that food, you know, in the drive through is looking better than, than your goal did that you set out for. And that's what you don't want to happen. So accountability is big. It's probably the most important part of all of this because you can write all this stuff down. You can, you know, you can talk yourself till you're blue in the face about what you are going to do. But the only thing matters is doing. Talking don't matter. Doing matters. So with that being said, just to recap it, tip number one, you know, figure out what that realistic time line is of the goal that you want to accomplish. Tip number two, figure out what small daily actions, small daily actions, because small daily actions are going to compound. They're going to get greater and greater the more you stick with them. Figure out those small daily actions that it's going to take in order to achieve that goal. And then tip number three, find a way to keep yourself accountable, whether that's something you do on your own or doing what I like, getting other people involved to help you along the way. So that's it for today's episode. I appreciate y'all. If you like, you know, me bringing you episodes like this, I encourage you to not only just stay here on a podcast, jump over to my YouTube channel where you can actually get videos, you know, tutorials, things like that, you know, maybe help uh, paint the picture a little bit more with some more actionable steps that you can do to improve your credit, but definitely, uh, you know, subscribe over there too. And if you got episode ideas, you know, email will be in the episode notes. Shoot me an email. Let me know what's on your mind. And until next time, peace.